I, I, I definitely went through a very dark period of my life where I was struggling with depression, anxiety. I um, ended up in therapy and he sort of said, yep, you are a classic case of a perfectionist. And he was like, it's okay not to give 100% all the time. And that's just not something that my brain could comprehend. So when he said that to me, I was like, sorry, sorry, what? Like, if you're not aiming for 100%, then what are you doing? And it took a lot of like deconditioning to kind of, you know, come down from that. Hello, and welcome to the Brand My Career podcast. I'm your host, Alex Cutterford, and I'm so glad you're joining me today. My goal is to help you take ownership of your career, find your people through personal branding and networking, and take career-enhancing action. Managing your life and career can be hard. That's why every fortnight, I'll be releasing an episode where I interview a diverse range of guests that will help you find clarity and build confidence in your career. Let's get into it. Well, welcome back for another episode of the Brand My Career podcast. Uh, And today I'm joined by Laura Allen. She's a career coach in England, and I've had the pleasure of getting connected with her on LinkedIn. And uh, she's going to be joining us today for an interview. So thanks for joining us, Laura. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be really fun. So I thought we could just start off by maybe you could share a bit about what you do. where you are exactly because obviously I don't know the full layout of England so um, yeah (laughs) could you just share a bit about you and where you are and and what you do? Yep so my name is Laura Allen and I'm a career coach and also a bit of a business coach as well. Um, I am based just outside London probably about an hour outside of London in the UK so um, I have the best of both worlds I can get the train into London and do the party life and the city life but I've also got fields and sheeps and cows just down the road so it's a it's a nice little little mix yeah 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 do when you're talking to people like me from australia do you just often say you're from london yeah it's just yeah yeah, it's it's a lot easier to say london (laughs) yeah yeah i i had someone can thinking that i had basically just moved from sydney the other day when we're actually about three and a half hours away and so it's like the further someone is from where we were, you just sort of start saying, oh, you're basically Sydney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I know I we've totally like, I know of like three places in Australia. I think it's like Sydney, Brisbane, Gold Coast, Bondi. These are the only like words I've ever heard associated with yeah, your yeah. country. So am yeah. I right? <laughs> are they uh, all the same place or different? So <laughs> Bondi is the beach in Sydney. Okay. Um, so there's Bondi Beach, which is at Sydney, one of Sydney's main beaches. Yeah. Okay. But then obviously there's the Gold Coast is a an area, not necessarily a, a city. But yeah, everything okay. else was pretty bang on. So, do you know <laughs> the cap, do you know the capital of Australia? Silence. I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. New England is coming to my head, but I don't even think that's Australia, is it? There is a region called New England. Um, okay. No, I've I've watched videos of this of people asking like non-Australians, like, "What's the capital of Australia?" And they just like say every single city, but the capital, which is Canberra. I would never have known that. <laughs> no, one, no, no one knows it. It's out in the middle of nowhere, basically. Um, which is cra- which is crazy. Yeah, I did my apprenticeship there um, 
back in the day, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> yeah, so let's sort of dive in. So, yeah, and we'll get into your um, your wellbeing day business that you've just launched as well um, recently, mm-hmm. but sort of diving into your career coaching journey. So do you want to just share, I guess, firstly, do you want to give a bit of an overview of your career journey? Yeah, perfect. So I was a college dropout and I'm proud to say that. <laughs> I oh, um, I went to, oh, good. Are you the same? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, when I left school, I felt that panic of what do I do? What I need to figure out my entire life at the age of 16, which is just crazy. I really wanted to be a radio DJ and I went to our local college and did a course and I just found myself sitting there not paying attention, wanting to fall asleep in class. And that's really not like me. I'm quite like an attention focused person. And I realized that that obviously meant that something wasn't right. And I felt like I needed to go to work. And so I came home one day and I said, mom, I'm really upset and I want to quit college. And I thought she was going to be really disappointed in me. And she turned around and was like, okay, that's fine. She was like, I dropped out of college. So that was like, oh, what? You're a college dropout? Um, so that was a bit of inf- information I didn't know about my mom at the time. And uh, I went to work. So I worked in a company or a shop called Boots, the chemist. They're a big um, pharmacy sort of retail business here in the UK. And I was just sort of working on the counter, serving. It was Christmas coming up. So they got me filling shelves, et cetera. And I ended up working for them for eight years. So I did everything within a store. I quite quickly got promoted to a team leader. I used to work in the photo lab, um, just doing disposable films when people used to do those and loved that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Worked in the pharmacy, became an assistant store manager. And then I ended up in London as a trainer. So I was always obsessed with delivering training so every time I had to go on a training course I'd say to the trainers how did you get this job like how did you get this and um, so I knew there was something within me that really wanted to do that so I kept talking to people and then I got an opportunity to go to London for boots and do a training role so that was amazing I did that for about 18 months and again got to travel into London do the city thing and then come home again to the countryside so that was lovely and then overnight the company restructured and everybody that was supporting the project that I was on at the time just sort of disappeared overnight. And Mm. I was back in a store role in London and I thought, this isn't the one. I already knew that I was passionate about working with people and delivering training. And I thought, well, it makes sense that I go and study sort of learning and development and get into the HR space. So I started studying for my CIPD level three, which is kind of like the entry level qualification over here. And yeah, it really sparked my interest. And then I quite quickly realized that I needed to get out of retail and into a corporate type role, which is actually a lot harder than you think, because people in corporates and, you know, that work behind a desk and laptops just think, oh, well, you've only ever worked in a shop. So what experience do you have to bring to this role? And I went for lots of interviews and I got rejected a lot. And then I finally landed an interview, um, And I realized it was a lot about transferable skills. So Mm -hmm. being in HR is very similar to customer service. At the end of the day, you are there to serve people and to help them get what it is that they need and leave them with a smile on their face. So I was able to talk a lot about how I work directly with people to help support them, et cetera. Plus, I did have my training, my L&D experience from Boots as well. So I managed to get that role, which was great. So I sort of came into the company as a um, HR coordinator. Mm -hmm. And 
I quite quickly progressed in that company as well, like I did in Boots. And I made my opinions and voice heard. And I said, I don't want to be in this role forever. Like L&D is my passion. This is what I want to do. And that got picked up by the managing director who put me on a project to go and deliver loads of training. And it kind of just went from there, really. Um, I ended up, when, when I left there, I was the head of the HR shared services. So I was running the team that I originally got hired into. So yeah, right. that was that was really lovely to be able to kind of get to that point and say, this is now my team and I now manage these yeah. people. And I think what worked really well for me from that point of view is that I'd done all the roles that the team members had done so I could relate mm. and I could support and be that person. So that was, that was nice. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask, and you sort of half answered it in that of going, so clearly you've shown some ability that when you get into a role, you've been able to progress up and, you know, get promotions and things. What do you think mm-hmm. are some of the things that you've done that have allowed you to sort of progress in those careers internally? I've been a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, so in a, in a good way. So. Way in a good way you know when someone gives me a piece of work I I like to look into it a little bit more and I I Mm. I challenge things if I don't believe in something I will challenge it in a professional Mm. way like I won't sit there across the boardroom and have an argument but I will say I'm not sure I agree with this and I feel like we could maybe do it this way and I believe that because of why and I would just always Mm. kind of make my voice heard as opposed to just sort of taking the work and being like okay fine um I was always very vocal about my own, my ambitions and my goals. Um, to my own detriment, I, I I definitely went through a very dark period of my life where I was struggling with depression, anxiety. I um, ended up in therapy and he sort of said, yep, you are a classic case of a perfectionist. And he was like, it's okay not to give 100% all the time. And that's just not something that my brain could comprehend. So when he said that to me, I was like, sorry sorry what like if you're not aiming for 100 percent, then what are you doing and it took a lot of like deconditioning to kind of you know come down from that so yeah I was always a a go-getter and just kind of put myself out there but like I said it it did cause me problems yeah it can be a double-edged sword can it Mm -hmm. it's um so we'll we'll dive into that a little bit more but I guess just touching on some of the things you've said there so Clearly, the ability to self-advocate and communicate clearly is a mm-hmm. really key part of being able to progress in a career. Yeah, yeah. and that willingness to speak up and actually mm-hmm. give an opinion is one of the key things to getting, one, recognised, and so people don't forget that you exist, <laughs> but two, <laughs> them actually seeing that you have something more to offer than just someone that goes through the steps because I guess as you progress further in a career it's less about just being able to sit down and knock out a task and more about mm-hmm. being able to problem solve and actually get in and actually drive something forward not just yeah. sit back and do what you're told um, yeah absolutely absolutely and it's about being you know innovative in what you're doing and I certainly would feel frustrated if someone came to me and just said I don't know how to do this and I'd say well have you tried have you what have you tried up until this point have you looked at it from a different angle have you tried to self-serve and go look for an answer and I would always if I came up so so for example in HR you're not necessarily expected to know how to use spreadsheets and data 
But I was doing really manual tasks and thinking there must be a quicker and easier way to do this. So I self-taught myself how to do VLOOKUPs and how to use spreadsheets and how to do formulas and stuff like that. And occasionally I'd have to go to someone in finance and be like, do you have any idea why this isn't working? And I'd get someone to teach me. But otherwise, I was just using Google. So when someone comes to me and says, oh, I don't know how to do this, I kind of like expect them to be like, well, you tell me that you've tried and exhausted every other option before you come to me because Mm. how are you going to learn if all you do is go to someone else and just ask for the answer so there is something there around just being able to go and try and self-serve yeah yeah being resourceful and yeah problem solving Mm -hmm. I think so because I'm similar like most of the things I've learned like I was just chatting with a um a videographer yesterday and um, both of us were like yeah we pretty much learned all we know from YouTube yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think there is something for that of people that maybe haven't um, connected with mainstream education. Mm-hmm. They've, you know, once you actually find something that you're really passionate about, it's like you're just willing to do what you need to do to find a way, you know, and yeah. you're sort of not locked into sort of maybe traditional modes of how you're meant to learn something and and you're also not worried about finding an alternative way to get there, you know, so... Yeah, I agree. um, And that's one of, sorry, sorry to cut you off. I was gonna say that's one of my key messages that I talk about on LinkedIn, like my career change journey out of corporate started from reading a book. Mm. I read a book, the four hour work week, and I got inspired. And I actually can't remember what the book was about now. I'll be totally honest with you. But at the time, it sparked something in me. And I read another book. And then I went on to YouTube. And then I listened to podcasts. And then I started learning. And that was how I changed my career. Yes, I then went to some qualifications as well. But just that free resource bit at the front was so powerful. And I really recommend there's never been a better time to change careers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And so I guess you started to touch on there that in that job, you sort of started to experience some depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. and stuff, I guess. Yep. Um, what do you think was sort of at the, the root of that and how did you sort of work your way through that? Mm-hmm. So initially I wanted to be a HR director. I was like, that's it, I'm going to go to the top and if I'm at the top, I will be able to influence so much and I'll be able to get decisions across the table and it's all going to be great and employees are going to love their life. I quite quickly realised on my way up that way that that was never going to happen because even when you get to the top, you're going to be met with objections by people who don't think that HR has value. So I got really into um, HR systems because I like data. I'm very sort of like solution focused. I ended up um, working alongside the HR team, HRIS team in the company, and they offered me a role and basically said, hey, if you want to come and work for us, we'll give you this role. There'll be a £20,000 salary increase for you. And I was like, awesome. Yeah, okay, I like this. I wasn't allowed to take that promotion. I got blocked by the finance director in in the UK business because he knew what was coming over the hill for the company in the UK the following year, lots of acquisitions and mergers, etc. And he knew he needed my skill set. So I wasn't able to make that jump. And for someone, as, as I said, who was striving for perfection, who was really ambitious, was suddenly told, oh, no, you can't, you've got no control over your career. And it and it quite literally broke me. Mm. Um, and I'd been going 
I guess I, I burnt out because I'd been going so hard and trying to progress and please everybody and try and get to these places for so long that when that happened, it was just the final straw and I broke. So I had um, a therapist and he really focused on tools. So it was a bit like CBT mm -hmm. um, and he was teaching me different ways to sort of prioritize and made me realize that I would wake up in the morning and I just go up like I'd be straight to the gym like high impact high energy then I'd go to work and then eventually at the end of the day I'd crash and he was like it's just not mm. sustainable so it was really eye-opening how he made me look at my life so that was the end of 2019 and I kind of got to the start of 2020 and I was like okay I, I do need to change my careers if I, I can't stay here this has really not left me feeling great so I thought in 2020, right, this is it. This is the year I'm going to change my career. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll figure something out. And then COVID. <laughs> so um, I sort of what, sat there. What and better was like, way to mm. come out of a well-being struggle than getting smashed by COVID, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, and it gets so worse. So, yeah, so that happened. Um, my boss at the time had then... Um, she'd got furloughed because her daughter was really sick and that's when the company was like hey you're the perfect person to now fill this head of HR shared services role and I was like please don't make me please please don't make me I don't want I don't want to manage people I don't want to don't make me I'd managed people since I was 16 working at Boots like I'd done the management thing mm. um but anyway so I got that and they were like just stick it out for a couple of years there's loads for you to get your hands on in here lots of processes that need ripping out and starting again you'll have a great time because they knew the sort of thing that I enjoyed so that was kind of where I'd got to in the career point but then my mum got sick so she got diagnosed with um, pancreatic cancer mm. and she only lasted four months so that took us to October 2020 so she passed away and that was kind of like this massive eye-opening moment for me where I just thought, wow, if if she's 61 and been taken from mm. us like so quickly, mm. that might mean that I've only got another 30 years of my life. And do I want to spend it sat here doing this? Like, absolutely not. Mm. And so it was very eye-opening. But again, I was still sat there going, oh God, but what am I going to do? Like, do I stay in HR? I don't know anything else. This is what I've done for the last like eight years. This is everything I've yeah. worked for. Like, I can't change. So it actually took for me to go to Costa Rica the following year. I took a sabbatical because I'd worked full time since I'd 16. I never did university. I never did a gap year. I never did like big travel. So I felt quite isolated and, and stuck. So yeah, I was able to get yeah. a sabbatical and I ran away to Costa Rica. And then I just saw lots of people sat by the beach, tapping on their laptops and surfing. And I just thought, hang on a minute why aren't you sat behind a desk in an office working nine till five? Because yeah. it was still, for me back then, the whole sort of like nomad scene was, I didn't really know much about it. So yeah. that was kind of what sparked the next part. Yeah. Um, and do you think looking back on it, like the motivation to take off, do you think that was um, driven by positive things? Or do you think that was, were you trying to sort of escape some of the, I guess, the pain and, and struggle at home? Good question. I think a bit of both. I think predominantly I looked at my life and thought, I've not done anything fun. 
I've not done anything big and crazy and outlandish that I can look back and go, I'm so glad I did that. So Mm. there was part of me that wanted to have my, my magical moment. Um, I definitely was still like deep in grief and struggle at that point. And it was actually the year anniversary of her passing away that like two days after we landed in Costa Rica and my friends had all put some money together to pay for me and my friend who I was traveling with to stay in a really nice accommodation for that night and stuff. And so it was really sweet um, how they kind of rallied around and stuff. But it definitely was just the fact that I was like, wow, what have I done with my life? I've literally worked since I was 16. Like, was I really put on this planet to work? I don't Mm. think so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, so I guess it was kind of like, in some ways, it was an extreme response, but it was, I guess, obviously a pretty extreme scenario that you're in yeah. extreme grief that you're trying to work through and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, and do you feel that that was a real, a turning moment for you in that sort of healing, healing process? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went and had a, had a, um, I went and met a shaman. <laughs> who told me that all of my chakras were not aligned and blew smoke in my face and did a dance around me. And that was all quite fun, (laughs) (laughs) but it was, um, it was definitely the catalyst that changed my life. Mm. I always think that when you're stuck in the same kind of environment that you're always used to, it's really hard to be um, creative with your mind. And I needed to get out and go and spend time somewhere else to be like, wow, there is a whole nother world out here. There are people that are working from their laptops and then jumping in the sea. If they can do that, I can do that. If I was to work as hard for myself as I do for these companies, then why would I not? Like it can, it can, it can work. So I'm so grateful for that experience because it really did change everything. My, my whole entire outlook and perspective on life and career. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and so I guess jumping into sort of your career coaching journey. So, mm-hmm. um, how does that then connect in? When was it that you were sort of like, all right, I'm going to do career coaching? <laughs> well, so I came back from Costa Rica in the December and I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What can I do? That's going to mean I can work from the beach. And it took me three and a bit months to figure that out. I, honestly didn't really put much work into it in a sense I I didn't look for support I didn't really know there was support out there I just kept saying to the universe like give me an answer give me an answer (laughs) eventually the word coaching popped into my head which I was like oh okay and then I kind of reflected back on my career and all the things that I've done and all the things that I've enjoyed and I thought well it's always been training development coaching like that makes total sense (laughs) so I reached out to a couple of people that were doing kind of like life coaching type stuff to understand more about the coaching industry and and what people were doing and I enrolled on a holistic coaching course so that was very interesting because I learned lots about different holistic modalities that you can use as part of a coaching session taking people through guided meditation EFT tapping which I was already doing um Reiki which I was already doing and finished that course. And I was like, cool, this sounds awesome. I've got a toolkit, but how do I coach? (laughs) So I didn't actually learn the key skills to coaching. So I then signed up and did a coaching course and understood the fundamentals of, you know, how to be a good coach. And I originally was going to go down the life coaching route. And I thought, oh, this is fine. Like, you know, I'm a very holistic person. I'm, I'm, you know, changing my life. Like I can help other people do the same. However, 
I'm a very structured systems-based person. And with life coaching, it's a little bit more kind of sit back, relax and see where it goes. Whereas mm. I like to say to someone, I'm going to take you from A to B, and this is the process I'm going to take you through. Yeah. So then it kind of made sense to go into career coaching. And my approach to career coaching is a kind of life coaching, career coaching mix. Mm. My outlook and perspective is that your career should enhance and enrich your life so what are your life goals and then let's work out the career piece absolutely absolutely yeah because so similar for me coming from career development and mm -hmm. I often say like career development is just another way of saying life de development but you're sort of obviously focusing on the career aspect but it all needs to be in alignment with what your actual goals are for your life and where you're wanting it to go so you can't separate mm -hmm. the two when you're spending a third of your life, you know, often in your workplace and then you try and sort of separate the two. It's um, mm -hmm. yeah, a bit of um, relic thinking, really. Well, yeah, for sure. And, that, and that's when I speak to people and I'm saying, what is it you really want? They're like, oh, I just want to spend more time with my kids. And I'm like, okay, so does your career currently allow you to do that? No. I'm like, okay, so let's try and change that so that you can or like, you know, yeah. um, empower people to make changes. Or just, And sometimes people don't even leave their current company, but they feel empowered to go, well, actually, this is what I need for me to stay working with you. And then they go and have conversations with their employer and then find out that their employer is like, oh, yeah, sure, of course you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but the people don't think yeah. that they can ask. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think people often forget that they actually have a say in their career within their employment and to their bosses mm -hmm. and, and managers and things. And um, yeah. it's the same for, I'm telling, always telling people, like when it comes to even interviewing, you know, it's like, you know, you're interviewing them as well, right? You know, you're trying to find mm. out if you want to work for them. It's not just all, all the power yeah. isn't just in the employer's hands, obviously, if you want to keep that job, then there's elements that you might want to um, keep to your, keep to yourself or something. But um, yeah, yeah, you you are you are empowered to take control of your life and and do that however you feel you need to. So um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what would you say? You were saying you sort of learnt how to coach. What would you mm -hmm. say are some of the sort of core elements to career coaching? Good question um not speaking <laughs> which is something I really struggle to do <laughs> you know fundamentally with with coaching it's about asking the questions to enable the other person to come to the conclusion on their own um I would say I do a bit more of a blend of career coaching and sort of mentoring because I think there are certain processes that I like to take people to and, and explain and say well have you thought about it like this versus this um and then see what their response is and then question them more on on that there hmm. so yeah. yeah it's um, um and with with career coaching as well as i said for me there is so much that goes into it it's not just about the physical job and the skills and the things that you enjoy doing it it factors in your life your family your financial goals um and sometimes the outcome isn't even as I say people want to change careers but they want to do something on the side which is what how I ended up getting into business coaching because mm. most people were coming to me and actually wanting to start like a side hustle because there was something 
in that that was going to give them like a creative outlet that they didn't actually know that they needed like it wasn't that they hate their job and they're okay mm. with staying in it but they're missing something and it mm. can come in other ways yeah absolutely um how important do you think it's been like in terms of your own life experiences and the challenges that you've faced and obviously the career journey that you've gone on like how mm -hmm. important do you think that has been to sort of shaping how you sort of coach other people through their career huge because I stayed stuck for a long time and I allowed my career to really affect my mental health and mm. That was all stemmed to beliefs, like self-limiting beliefs. My parents were very traditional people. They were like, you know, go into a corporate job, find a, a normal sort of role that's not going to stress you out too much and just stay yeah. there until you retire. <laughs> yeah. So when I was sat there on the beach in Costa Rica being like, I think this is what I want to do. There was something inside of me going, but no, we don't do that. We work nine to five and that's all we're ever going to do. And so I totally understand the internal battles that people face when it comes to career changes. Um, I also have a, you know, a different outlook on life to a lot of people because of losing my mom. Like I just mm. think life's too short. There's a, a fuck it element. You've really just yeah. got to live the life that you want to live. And so yeah. Whilst I absolutely don't want to push that onto people, I think part of that is what attracts people to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess they obviously know some some of your approach or at least your personality through the, the mm -hmm. content and stuff that you're putting out in that. So that's really good. And I think, yeah, absolutely. Like you've And you've got to bring that experience. Like that's the um, – that's – everyone that's in coaching and everyone in, in everything has a story. Mm -hmm. Like everyone has a career story and I'm of the belief no one has a boring career story because even if you went and did the same, you know, you, you went through college, you got the job, you stayed in that job for 50 years and you retire. Like there are all kinds of twists and turns that that person would have faced uh, and lessons learnt and struggles faced. And um, yeah, so yeah. I don't think there's a single boring career story and uh, I think all of us need to be able to bring that story and those those lessons we've learned to one another to to sort of help build each other up and um, help mm -hmm. each other along that journey so um, but I guess part of the thing that you're now looking at is sort of getting back to your to your first love a bit more as well with the your well-being day business that mm -hmm. you've launched so do you want to share a bit about a bit about that business yeah. So I realized yesterday, I don't know what the word exactly is. You've got multi-talented, multi-passionate, and then the, um, a multi-potentialite, I think is the word, which is basically yeah. somebody who likes doing lots of stuff. And yeah. I think that's good. I think that's healthy. For me, fundamentally, it has always been people and helping people um, feel happier and healthier and expand their consciousness. And so I was using EFT tapping myself as a tool. So emotional freedom technique is the process of tapping on different meridian points on the body, which sends calming signals to the amygdala and also moves any blocked energy that is running through your meridian lines. I use that quite heavily in my career change journey as my confidence tool to basically talk myself out of those self-limiting beliefs. So when I um, kind of got into the coaching space I also realized that there was something amazing about using that tool and if I could take that back into corporates and and into the workplace and help people manage their stress better because it's amazing for sending a calming signal to the amygdala um 
then I would have something there that I could also do that would also fuel my need for kind of training in bigger areas because coaching is very obviously it's one-on-one um Mm. but I still love delivering to big groups of people Mm. so I created this um two and a half hour workshop and I went and approached some companies and was able to deliver it and got some really great results but I was like "Mm, it's a little bit hard sometimes to go in as one individual into a corporate setting Mm. and then upon my journey of networking and meeting other people I found lots of other individuals who were trying to get into the corporate training space, doing individual workshops such as menopause and nutrition, breath work, um, mindset. So I had a bit of a brainwave and thought, well, what if I create something where we could all collectively come together and package it up in Mm. a nice little bow? So that's where Your Wellbeing Day was born. And the other reason I wanted to do this is because I personally used to get very frustrated when I was told to attend training that had nothing to do with me in my life and it was clearly just a company tick box exercise and I used to get feedback about that all the time from people like cheers now I've got another million emails in my inbox that I need to go and answer because you've just taken up two hours of my time so totally get it right we all have too much going on in our work day so what the idea of your well-being day is that we will turn up and we will deliver these six workshops throughout the day and you as the employee can book on to whatever you want to book onto. Not every employee is gonna wanna sit through an hour and a half menopause workshop. Like a 20 year old lad is not gonna care about that. But there are a bunch of other people who will. Same with me and my my stress. If someone doesn't feel like they deal with a lot of stress or anxiety, then they might not wanna sit through my workshop. So it's about empowering health autonomy and employers providing the good stuff to employees but not forcing them to sit through it which is only going mm. to cause more stress which is the complete yeah. opposite of what we're trying to achieve it, so yeah, it becomes the wrong direction doesn't it 100 <laughs> percent, yeah so i'm really proud of the idea and the concept mm. and what i've built and sort of bringing the people together because there is something for everybody like there is movement yeah. we've got yoga and a seated stretch for people who can't do the yoga we've got a men's health we've got women's we've got the breath work and the eft so yeah somebody will be able to get something out of it yeah i yeah i think it's an awesome idea it is something that i've sort of been i guess as i've been you know getting my head around the podcast and stuff and then thinking about this different ways that i could be supporting people in their career journey and i've been trying to sort of think outside the box and i really Mm -hmm. And one of the things that has had me thinking about is just the ways that collaboration can sort of play in, in that. And I just think, yeah, it's such a, such a powerful tool if you can get people working together. Like in my, in my work, we're sort of um, part of what we do is, you know, trying to help businesses have their employment needs met. And um, some of the conversations that these big employers are starting to have is, well, instead of all competing for the people that we want to be apprentices, why don't we work together to sort of drive that attraction piece so that mm-hmm. every, and then everyone's going to have enough, you know? So yeah, I think working together is, is such a powerful thing. So um, yeah. I agree. Um, congratulations I- on getting that together and, and launched. Thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. I've just, I've met so many people and this is the fun thing about, moving careers and doing something different and starting a business is I know so many people there's like the the lyrics from that Drake song like 
I know way too many people here right now that I didn't know last year, like who the fuck are y'all? And (laughs) I have got so many new friends and met so many cool people and collaborating and where I'm going into this wellbeing space now and delivering this training. People that I've met three months ago are seeing my posts and being like, oh, I didn't know you did this. That's awesome. I know someone you could talk to. And, you know, that whole networking piece and the collaboration is so powerful. And I would never have done that when I was in my corporate job. Like I had no need to, I guess. But when you step out of that and you're forced to, you know, find your way in the world, it's it's actually really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, it's been awesome for me. Like I finished my job up in the sort of end of October last year and then me and my wife were getting ready to move to Newcastle from where we were. So as soon as I finished that job and then at that time I probably had about 12 connections on LinkedIn and (laughs) had hardly ever used it and then I sort of thought, I'm about to be moving to a whole new town, a lot bigger like Bathurst where we came. Well, I was in Blaney which was like 3,000 people half an Mm -hmm. hour out of the main town which is 30,000 and about to move to Newcastle which is still r- relatively small for Australia, but maybe about 300,000 people. And I was sort of like, well, we're about to move to this place. Like, I don't want to fall into a black hole of having no community, not knowing anyone. Um, and so I thought, all right, I'm going to jump on LinkedIn, start connecting with people in Newcastle. And next thing I know, I'm I'm chatting to Laura Allen in, in England <laughs> and, you know, and having you on my podcast, so, which I sort of at the same time started planning. I was like, it was something that I'd been pushing for for a couple of years at the job I was in saying, oh, we need to do a podcast. We need to do a podcast. I'll do it. I'll do it. And um, we just never got it up. And then when I finished the job, I was like, all right, I'm going to do a podcast because I've been wanting to do it for ages. And so I'll start connecting with people. And, yeah, it takes you on this wild journey of connecting with people and seeing different ways that people are doing stuff and actually having people reach out and connect and and finally actually get to meet people either in person or actually just, well, we haven't necessarily met in person. but I feel uh, like I know you. (laughs) I've I've met you in person just as much as my team members. We all uh, at work. We all work by distance mm-hmm. as well. So, um, and yeah. So, Alex, can yeah, I can I ask you, Alex? Can yeah. I ask you what what is it about doing a podcast that excited you? Um. So, I I love the creative outlet. So for me, the whole process of building the the whole thing. So mm-hmm. the the branding around it, the communication strategy, like. The strategy piece is a big one for me in terms of enjoyment, but I also just love really quality conversations. So, um, getting to sit down with someone, this one-on-one, and have a good quality conversation, um, mm-hmm. I just find really enriching and and really enjoy that. Um, and then, of course, um, the what can come out of that as well is is so great like so we can catch up today and just have this really great conversation which for me that in and of itself even if it wasn't anything ever even for public consumption I would still just get great enjoyment out of that but then Mm -hmm. from that I am able to then go and create content that I can then be sharing with a whole bunch of people um, to sort of try and add value to people's lives wherever I can in their career journey Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'll create an audio podcast. I'll, I'll put this on YouTube. Uh, it'll go on small clips onto LinkedIn and, and I'm even going to give TikTok a crack. So, um, <laughs> Oh, you you're know, brave. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be dancing. But <laughs> Should but we do a dance just, now? 
just to say if it makes the reel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, I'll have to cut that out. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it stays in. Um, one of my things is uh, I want to build something that's professional but not polished. So that's yeah. one of the things I sort of tell myself in terms of, um, yeah, that's I guess one of my branding values, I guess, is sort of being professional but not polished because. I love um, that. Yeah, it's not about trying to look squeaky clean and as if you never say um. <laughs> uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, so, um, yeah I, I just love the process. I, I just wanted to be able to support people and, and this has just been a medium that probably for the last four or five years I've just been obsessed with the idea of podcasting and I just think it's such a great medium. It really is and... Mm. I have very similar reasons for you for when I sort of started mine, which is interviewing people who had left corporate just to inspire. I wanted to help and inspire people on their own journey and sort of show the different ways that people had done it. But what happened recently, which I was really not expecting, was that somebody decided to purchase the services of someone that I interviewed. So I had an inbox message on Instagram to say, oh, I just listened to this podcast with you and this personal trainer, and I've decided that I want to work with him. So I've signed up for his like six month program. Yeah. And oh my goodness me, the tears. I was like, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Like, Cause that was, that was not even the intention, but it was so magical that someone decided to make a positive change in their life and a purchase decision based off of a conversation. So it's yeah. so powerful, these things. Yeah. So thank you for uh, doing another podcast because I think the more we have conversations, the more it helps people. So thank yeah, you. Absolutely. That That's such an awesome, that's an awesome story. Cause I think one of the, um things about this podcast so like my first well not necessarily my two big priorities are mm -hmm. obviously my audience and hoping that anyone that comes across my content can find something that sort of supports them in some way and then mm -hmm. the second thing is my guests and I really hope that my guests get great value out of it one from the conversation that we have but also hoping that it helps them get discovered and and yeah so I would absolutely love it if someone sort of came across you through this and found themselves an awesome career coach um, or <laughs> someone that could come to their company and and um, yeah. yeah support them on a well-being day um jumping yeah, back too. to that quickly does is mm -hmm. that saying that so you go to the company physically um nope. as a group or you it's a yeah it's online it's all online yep so I've made an effort to make sure my whole business model is online because I want to be online. So next week I'm yeah. flying to Athens and I'm going to be delivering some training from Athens. Like that was my dream from sitting in Costa Rica. Yeah. But also I recognize now that the workplace has changed and not everybody is in a physical office. Mm. So all of our sessions can be done either in the office or online. The mm. yoga one, um, you do need kind of like space and a yoga mat to do it. But I know a lot of companies that already have big meeting rooms where they clear out space for those types of activities. So that's the only mm. one caveat that we have. But we just wanted anyone and everyone to be able to drop into the sessions when we're delivering yeah. them to be able to attend. Yeah, awesome. So it is all delivered live, but not necessarily face-to-face <laughs> -face in person. Correct. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. awesome. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so I guess if people want to get in touch with you, how could they find you? 
Oh, it depends which side do you want. Do you want the more professional side or do you want the, the fun side? <laughs> no, I just, However like, you're happy for people to find you, I'm happy to share. <laughs> so um, predominantly I'm on LinkedIn and um, LinkedIn's fun. I, I've definitely spent the last six months making sure my LinkedIn is fun, my audience are fun, the people yeah. I engage with are fun. So you can find me on there, LinkedIn, on Laura Allen. And I also do have an Instagram account, which is more the sort of raw and cut version of, I don't know, me walking down to a coffee shop and talking a load of absolute rubbish on a story. Um, and I'm Laura Allen coach on there. Awesome. Very good. Um, and I'll have all the links um, on the show notes and I'll link to your website and stuff. If someone is interested in like the Your Wellbeing, is that the best place to go is your website or...? Yep. So I've got www.yourwellbeingday.com. So that's that one there. And then my coaching website is careerandwellnesscoaching.com. Awesome. Great. Well, (laughs) thanks so much for joining me today, Laura. And um, yeah, all the best with the future endeavors. Thank you. And you, I can't wait to see this episode and all your other guests as well. So it sounds like you've got some really cool people on. So thank you. Thank you for opening up the conversation and, and giving us space. Thanks so much for joining me today. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And let's connect on LinkedIn so that we can keep the conversation going. Or head to my website and download my free resource, The Career Building Principles. Bye for now.